And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. Thank you for joining us this week. And this week, we begin with knowing and confessing that the Lord Almighty, the great Jehovah, He is merciful and He should be praised. He deserves our praise. He deserves our worship. He deserves for His name to be exalted above all names. Amen. So we thank you, Father, today. We glorify your holy name. We exalt your holy name and hallowed be thy name in Jesus' name. Now, we know that hallowed in the dictionary means greatly revered and honored. So we should always remember that when we are reciting the so-called Lord's Prayer and we say hallowed be thy name, that we stop for a moment and know what hallowed means. Because for many years, I never bothered to check out what the word hallowed means, greatly revered and honored. So, Father, today we greatly revere you and honor you for all that you are and all the goodness you have done and the goodness that represents your love. We thank you, Lord, today for your heart, for your creation, your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace, which we do not deserve. We bless you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just say today, we we want to know the truth. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is going to teach us the truth today because that is one of the primary purposes of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 13, But when He, the Spirit of truth, the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth, for He will not speak His own message, on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Now, of course, this was prior to Acts chapter 2 with the upper room and the Holy Spirit coming to the earth. Now, the Holy Spirit right now is upon the earth working through believers to reach the lost to speak the truth, not just to the lost, but to the believers, so that the believers can grow up into the fullness of Christ. But the Holy Spirit can only speak through believers to the degree that the believers allow the Lord to use them. So we have a free will that needs to choose Jesus over our own distractions every day. Only then can God use us. Amen. So we should stop saying to the Lord, Lord, please use me, and then carry on with all the distractions. We should put the distractions aside and allow the Lord to use us to lay hands on the sick, to speak life to anything that's suffering in death and suffering in sickness and disease. And we should bring the resurrection power of the Lord from within us, which is the Holy Ghost, and bring the Holy Ghost to bear upon the situation that needs to be rectified, to be completely upturned so that death becomes a life. Whatever is dead is resurrected. If someone has died, we go and lay hands and we command them to be come back from the dead. If somebody is sick, we speak life to them. We believe that the Holy Spirit is in us. And by faith, that person will receive life. Amen. And that life is Jesus. But remember in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, the truth-giving Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. And the Holy Spirit is already here. 
So now the Holy Spirit is actually doing this now. The Holy Spirit is doing this on today's program, speaking through me and speaking to you as you hear this and speaking to you throughout your day, throughout your life. And it's up to us to have ears to hear. Amen. And it says in verse 13, for he, the Holy Spirit, will not speak his, the Holy Spirit's own message on his own authority, but he, the Holy Spirit, will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he, the Holy Spirit, will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 to 18 says, The Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Now, first of all, our own spirit. Well, that is our own brand new spirit. We are a new creation if we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So the Spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. If we have not received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are not a new creation. We are still our old man, we're our old carnal self, and we are not a child of God. We are a child of the devil. He is our father. If we have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior and confess him as Lord, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says we are saved. Verse 17 of Romans chapter 8. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. Verse 18, but what of that? For I consider, Paul writes, that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us. That means that all the trials and tribulations, all the sufferings, the persecutions that the Apostle Paul went through on the earth, not worth being compared, according to the Apostle Paul, with the glory that's about to reveal to us and in us and for us and conferred on us. So know that the glory within you, that's Christ Jesus. It's the Godhead bodily in Christ. The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in Christ Jesus within you if you have received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior because the Father placed everything inside his Son. And now you are in him, his Son, and he is in you. And everything is in Christ, which means you are inside God and God is inside you. Amen. Now, you cannot fathom or work that out scientifically. You just have to believe by faith. And you will understand by the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit himself testifies with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And the Spirit of truth reveals the truth to us. Amen. Guide us into all the truth, the whole full truth. Amen. So today I want to go and talk about... We are going to be taking a pause from focusing on dwelling and abiding in our Lord with the Dwelling Place mini-series. We're going to put that on hold. I'm not sure what the Holy Spirit wants to do with that, whether we will continue with that mini-series or not. Suffice to say that we should not stop abiding and dwelling in the Lord. That is very important. We need to seek Him hourly, every minute, just know He's with us, and worship him, have conversations with Jesus. Jesus wants a conversation with us. He wants that communion with us. This is our Lord, and why would we not speak to the one 
who lords over us. Amen. So we're going to take a pause on focusing on dwelling and abiding in our Lord, and we're going to focus our attention on the lost. From a believer's perspective, how we can help the lost in the situation that the lost are in. Amen. Those in need of a Savior, Christ Jesus, the only way back to the Lord God Almighty. Now, some of us might agree that we often pray for the salvation of a loved one, the salvation of the lost. But Jesus wants us to preach the gospel of truth to them. Amen. So if you are within a phone call of someone that you want saved, you as a believer, you have the truth in you. Whether or not they reject it is another thing altogether. But we have a duty and a command by the Lord to preach the gospel or creation. He did not say exclude your family, exclude people that reject you. He said to all creation. How else will those people in ignorance and lack of understanding ever get told about Jesus if everybody says, I'll just pray for them to be saved by the Lord? Someone has to come along and teach the gospel and preach the gospel and explain the truth to them so that they can make a free will choice. Now, you might say, well, that could be someone on TV. Well, okay, fine. The Lord will sometimes put uh, a person and just happen to come across a channel on television where a preacher is preaching the gospel. But what if that doesn't happen? How do you know for certain that that person will ever get the truth about the gospel in their life. Let's not take risks. Let's not take a chance and say, well, it's likely that sometime in their life, the Lord will speak to them. No, the Lord might be telling you right now, now's the time to pick up the phone, to send a text message, whatever it is to get the truth across to them and bring your own testimony to them, amen, so that they can relate now, this, sometimes this is not easy when you're doing it with family members because they know you, at least they knew you before you came to Christ, and that's still who they believe you are. But now you are a new creation, and they don't understand it just yet, so they still think you're the old person, and who are you to tell them the truth? It's not your truth, it's Jesus' truth that you're telling them, amen? So we should be watchful of when we have a tendency to discard someone and just pray for them to be saved instead of actually preaching the gospel to them. Because if they get the truth, but they reject you in the process, it is more worth them getting to heaven and not going to hell. It's a fair price to pay for us to be severed with a relationship for a period of time with someone who you delivered the truth to than having to stand in front of the Lord one day and account for why you didn't tell them the truth and now they're in an eternal place of destruction. No one wants to have the blood on their hands. Amen. So we need to be teaching people about Jesus. Amen. We are told by the Lord to preach the gospel to all creation, and we have to get past this problem of rejection and the so-called fool that we will look in front of the person. Amen. We have got to not be afraid to speak this truth because The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give you the words in the hour that they are needed. So you should not be afraid of what you will say to them and have that as an excuse not to communicate because you may not know what to say at the moment that you decide to actually tell someone about the gospel, but you need to trust by faith 
God loves the person that you're trying to communicate to much more than you could ever love them, which means that God for certain will have words for you to speak because he's trying to reach them. His son Jesus has paid for them to be redeemed and reconciled and rescued from eternal destruction and brought into the kingdom of Jesus. Amen. The kingdom of his beloved son, as Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 speaks about. But we are told by the Lord to preach the gospel or creation. And you say, well, but that was to his disciples. But you are a disciple of the Lord's today. At the end of Matthew 28, he tells his disciples to tell everybody else whatsoever he's taught them. So that means you and me today have been told by someone else who got told by someone else who got told by someone else all the way back through history, back to that moment when Jesus told his disciples to go and preach the gospel or creation and telling everybody else whatsoever he has taught them. So there's no getting out of this unless we want to be in disobedience to the Lord. Mark chapter 15, verse 15 to 16 says, And he, Jesus, said to them, his disciples, Go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel, to every creature of the whole human race. This is the Amplified Classic Edition, if you are not aware of that. Verse 16, He who believes, who adheres to and trusts in and relies on the gospel, and him whom it sets forth, and is baptized, will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to and trust in and rely on the gospel, in him whom it sets forth will be condemned. That means condemned eternal destruction, eternal death, which is the penalty. So here is our command as believers from the Lord to get this message out. And we know that tomorrow is not promised. We know that the Lord is coming sooner than we think. If you've ever seen the testimony of Jesse Duplantis, as he went to heaven, he was taken into heaven for a short period of time. On the earth, it was calculated as, I believe, five hours or at the most six hours, I think it was five hours, you need to look at YouTube and pull up Jesse Duplantis, J-E-S-S-E-D-U-P-L-A-N-T-I-S, and look for his testimony of going to heaven, and then you ask the Holy Spirit to confirm or deny whether what he says of his visit to heaven was true. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. Now, when you read Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, in the Amplified Classic, it says, For the God of this world. The word God there has a lowercase g, which means it's not Jehovah, It is not Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's the devil, Satan, because the devil, Satan, has blinded the unbelievers, and he's trying to keep them blind for as long as possible so that they will not understand the truth and they will not receive the light. They will stay in darkness. That's what the devil's mission is. The devil hates anyone created in the image and likeness of the Lord, and we are. Amen? 
For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. This is how evil the devil is. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to bring sickness upon people. It's all the fallen world, and it all goes back to the situation in the Garden of Eden. Does the devil put sicknesses on everyone? Is every sickness of the devil? No, there is not an evil spirit that is always associated with a sickness of someone. It could be that we ran our bodies down and our bodies are weak. Our immune system can't fight whatever the infection is. And so we become ill. But the fact that sickness and disease exists in the first place in the world is as a result of the devil's deception of Eve with Adam in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, in the Garden of Eden, and he deceived Eve into eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So now they knew evil, they knew they were naked, they gave over all dominion to the devil that God had given them in chapter 1 of Genesis. So now that allows sin, sickness, disease to come into the world. And that's why you have all the trouble that we see on the news today. And we sometimes will get sick if we do not, as believers, read the word, know the word, know who we are in Christ and command that mountain into the sea. Command the leukemia, the sickness, the disease into the sea. Do not doubt in your heart because Jesus has paid. By his stripes we were healed. We just need to speak to the mountain and cast the mountain into the sea. Do not accept the mountain in front of you. It is illegally there. God has paid for it to be removed. You have to speak it by faith. And when you speak something by faith, that's the will of God, God's power will come forth from you and it will happen according to the way you speak it and do not doubt in your heart. Faith moves mountains, but only when it's faith. Doubt does not move mountains. Doubt just brings more evil into our daily lives and evil begins to reign. And that's what we have to stop as believers. We have to stop the territory being enlarged by evil. The evil territory must be pushed back. And Jesus in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory, can take territory that was stolen through a deception. Romans chapter 3, verse 3. What if some did not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and his fidelity to his word? By no means, verse 4, let God be found true, though every human being is false and a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified and shown to be upright in what you say and prevail when you are judged by sinful men. And what this is talking about here, Romans 3, verse 3, it's people that do not believe without faith. Paul is saying, does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and his fidelity to his word? No, God is still faithful and God's word still stands settled in heaven forever. Psalm chapter 119, verse 89. Those who do not believe do not nullify the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God and the accuracy and the truth of his word. So when we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Verse 5, 
It says, Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9, he's saying that we are to refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Which means that if you have a person who doesn't believe and they continue to spew inaccuracies and, and lack of truth and try to show you that God is not real and man wrote the Bible without God influencing what man wrote in the Bible. If you have all these things, you must refute the arguments and speak the truth in love. Amen. You're not cursing anyone. You're not being angry with them in these situations. Remember that they know not what they do, Jesus said at the cross. Forgive them, Father, they know what, not what they do. The lost grew up lost. They were never found in the beginning. They were lost, and the hope is that they will be found now, that they would receive the truth, and they will contemplate it, and they will accept that Jesus should be and can be their Lord, receive Jesus in their hearts, Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, as he knocks at the door of their heart. We want people to be saved, but we have to tell them the truth. No matter what they say back to us, we will receive persecution. We will receive, people might spit in our faces, but it's the cost of their soul at the end of the day. It's the cost that heaven has paid preciously for that particular soul to receive the truth so that the free will in that person will make a decision as to whether to receive that truth or push it away and reject it. And either way, there will be ramifications, one good and one very bad. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, misled, neither the impure and immoral nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, swindlers and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revelers and slanderers, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Verse 11, And such some of you were once, but you were washed clean, purified by a complete atonement for sin and made free from the guilt of sin, and you were consecrated, set apart and hallowed, and you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit of our God. Now, I want to go back to the beginning of that, which is verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? This is what Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? We believers are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, that's only because we gave our life to the Lord and received him as Lord and Savior. So what were we before we did that? We were unrighteous. So you might say, well, I'm not immoral. I'm not an idolater. I'm not anybody on that list. I don't participate in homosexualities. I'm not a adulterer. I'm not, I'm not a drunkard. I'm not a robber. So I'm good. 
No, you are not good. If you are not righteous, if you are not the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then you shall not have any share and will not inherit in the kingdom of God, according to verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is the truth. Now, this truth should be setting you free today. You have to make a decision. You have to make a serious decision for the Lord. If you are not knowing the Lord today, this is a warning. Tomorrow is not promised. Receive Jesus. Just open up your heart. Just allow Jesus to take hold of you. Receive him. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, come live in me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me all my sins. Please create in me a new heart. Please make me a new creation. Lord, please rescue me from eternal death and give me eternal life. Anything of that order, the Lord doesn't necessarily just look at the words. He looks at the heart, your heart, and the intent of your heart, and he looks for a repentant heart. So repent today, turn from your sin, turn from these distractions, turn from these ugly, evil ways that we've all have been succumbed to in our lives before we came to Christ Jesus. Turn from these things. I implore you today in the name of Jesus, turn to Christ Jesus, receive him as Lord and keep him as Lord. Don't receive him as Lord for Sunday and let him go the day after you confess your life to him. No, you make him Lord and you keep him Lord every day, every hour in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you for your precious scriptures today. We bless you. We thank you. Hallowed be thy name, Father. We thank you, Father, for your Son, which is the Word. He is the Word. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, we thank you today for your huge love for us in your heart and the heart of the Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing the truth to us today. And I know, Lord, it's not easy for some of us to hear, but Lord, we have ears, so let us hear. Allow our ears to just hear the truth, because it's only you, Lord, that can set us free, because you are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you or by you, in Jesus' name. We bless you, Lord Jesus, today, Lord, and I thank you right now as I speak over this congregation on the radio in Jesus' name. I decree and declare healing over every soul, every body right now, every physical body of everybody listening. Lord, I thank you. Your works are finished at the cross. Therefore, I can decree and declare life because I cast the mountain in their body into the sea right now in Jesus' name. I bind up any sickness or disease. I forbid it in their bodies. It must go out of their bodies. And Lord, I thank you for replacing it with life and restoration power, the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit flooding their bodies to be completely healed and made whole. And Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. They shall live and not die. They no longer suffer from any kind of cancer or glaucoma, or problems with their organs. Lord, I thank you. Their back is healed. Their spine is healed. Pain is gone from their body once and for all in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your fire in their bellies. Out of their belly shall flow rivers of living waters, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, 
your most holy prayer language, Father. And I thank you today that we are healed by your stripes. I thank you, Lord, today that we are a new creation in you, seated in heavenly places in your son Jesus next to you, Father. And we bless you today, Lord. We are above all evil in Christ Jesus because he was placed above all principalities and powers. I thank you, Lord Jesus, today for being in us with the Father and the Holy Spirit, guiding us, Lord, and being, Lord, over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please do. Our website is tog, T-O-G dot world. You can also call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. Country code 1-407-705-3151. You can call for prayer. You can go on the website and submit a request for prayer. We'd love to hear from you, hear your testimonies, hear how the Lord has healed you today and what the Lord has shown you about this message today and any other message that we have taught by the way of the Holy Spirit. So until next week, you have a blessed week. In Jesus' name, amen.